Hello and welcome to the Mix Era Podcast. I'm your host, DJ BY. This is a podcast where we talk about hip hop from boom bap to trap. So now we're going to move on to my main man, Terrell. So, Terrell, tell us about the evolution of hip hop through the early 2000s. My experience on music from the 2000s, 2010s, it was it was experience. I could say that for one. With the TI coming out, happy, my mom and them from the South, so I used to I listened to a lot of Southern music when I was younger. So I heard the TI, the Outkast, the Young Jeezy. Well, not Young Jeezy, but mostly majority Southern rappers. So I got a taste of what was to come for when I got older and stuff. And I, how you was talking, I feel like a lot of what happened back in the days, it's re-scripting itself to the modern day area. I will get to that in a few. But also like, I listened to my little my, um, little Wayne's, like with the cash money, then you came up, I'm growing up to the young money with Lil Wayne, Drake, Nicki Minaj, they was basically like the frontiers of cash money growing up. So I got a little taste of that as well. Now, like, how can I say this? Going to what you were saying about the music and the dancing area, I felt like I relived that what was going on here. And I could say Harlem came to mind with getting light. So it, it made a mix of break dancing a little disco, a little rap, all into one. And I remember we used to get, we used to be in the little parties, we used to be in a circle, and we would start getting like a bunch of music and just get like, and then from come that, people was like, oh, we listen to regular music and getting like, so that's when we had the D. Coles and Ron Browns and DJ Webstars came out and start making getting like songs. Now, around that era, it kind of got a little, how can I say, competitive. Because then from us getting light, then that's when you had to come with the Jersey Jersey Club music over there in Jersey. They was battling people in Harlem. And I'm not going to say, Jersey music, that kind of took over of getting light and stuff. And after when Jersey music was coming along, it was getting their, it was getting their fun and play. Then we have to go move to the Midwest, and Chicago came on, knocking on the door, said, hey, we want part of this. And when I first started listening to, listen to their music, I didn't understand what they was doing, because it's, they type of music is called footwork, and they would just play an intramural song, and I'm thinking that I'm going to hear somebody rapping and stuff. No, I'm just hearing an intramural, but I'm seeing them moving their foot mad fast, and I'm just like, this is getting a little crazy and we came to that period where everybody wanted to get their shine on just with dance music because you had the soldier boys you had the what was the guy's name um i forgot the name but you a jerk go stupid um it was a lot of songs and i just came to that period of time like just feel like it's being replayed over again with the disco era and the b-boy era and all that and me reliving this, how my parents are going relived it, I enjoyed it because that's what they liked to, when they were growing up. That's what the, what they hearing. So now I could relive what they was hearing and 
my modern era age. So, so that was basically it from what I could discourage about my era of growing up from the early 2000s and to 2010. Okay, sounds good. All right, so you had a little homework, Terrell. Yes. So give me your impressions and thoughts on um, Mouse Maze and Planet Asia. Okay, so what I like to do when I listen to a person, I like to listen to several of their songs. So I started off with Mouse, Mouse, Mask, Mouse and Mask. I listened to about a good five songs, and I was just like, this is not my cup of tea. So I couldn't really get into an album because I, it wasn't catch, catching my eye. But when I listened to Planet Asia, I listened to like about five albums, five albums. And I was just, now I got, I got a lot of songs by her in my, in, my, in my playlist. But the two albums that I love the most, Trust Change and Pain Language. Those are my go-to albums now. And I want to say, Kev, thank you. For putting me on to put on to him, cause I love it. Did like, you I listen to uh, Cali Agents? Cause that's where he, that's where Planet Asia. Uh, he was in a duo before he went solo. No, I didn't get, to, I didn't get to listen to that one. Okay. So I got to listen to that one. But like I text, I text him over the over the weekend. Like, listen, Planet Asia. Yeah, you got me with that one. It's like he picked my head and picked the right artist. He said, okay, here. Yeah. Pick this guy right here. Because I didn't know nothing about him at all. So I had a really a learning experience listening to this person. I'm going to try again on Mouse. going to try again. Just give me another, probably to the end of the, end of the month. I'm going to try again. But playing no, Asia? Everybody's not going to get it. Everybody's right. not. So it's, it's cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, but, then. I, I appreciate you guys uh, taking the time out to really feel what each other were trying to present to each other. And I hope that there was some growth from it. And I hope that you were able to learn something that uh, you'll be able to carry on. It sounds like Terrell was definitely able to, uh, I don't know about the old head. He still was kind of real, real stingy on the stars with uh, juice world and uh, pop smoke, but it's all good. <laughs> so we're going to move on to our 2010 wrap up with Malcolm. So, uh, what was your thoughts on the evolution of hip hop throughout the 2010? 2010 to 2020. Um, I mean, a lot of people would credit it to the downfall of hip hop. I feel like it's just that it, we're so different that they can't even fathom how we've taken hip hop to this this global marketing marketing thing. I believe some of the authenticity has gone away, unfortunately, due to uh, higher ups and hate companies, big companies coming in, and I guess people just wanted to get to the money. And um, the marketing has really changed, and the sound I would feel like from from the eras of the golden era, um, it, it's totally changed. And I would like to start off with we're gonna start off with pop because there's a lot of different genres that started to break out. I feel like different sounds that you would hear throughout the 2010s to the 2020. So I started with pop. The main artist that we, this is, this is, we're not going to get to the young guys yet. We're going to start off with Kanye. He was really running stuff. Um, I believe since I, since I was born in 01, he had been running things since, since, since then. And 2010, he had still had been on top with, when we come with terms of talking about pop artists, pop rap artists. 
and he came out with his Watch the Throne, came out in 2011. Let me not get to that yet, but in 2010 specifically, he came out with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which is a very controversial album. In particular, it's not my one of my favorites in his um, his his long array of, of music, his catalog, but it was one of his projects he came out with during the year of 2010, and not too long after he came out with in 2011 the Watch the Throne album, which was uh, a quite quite an album to come out with. I believe um, I'm not sure you have to fact check me, but I believe Jay Z was featured on some of the songs in that album as well. Very very iconic album. And now we're gonna move from Kanye, talking about more of a more of a. You all will recognize him as in his stature throughout the 2010 through the 2020s. We're gonna talk about Drake. Drake, really, he didn't come on the scene in 2010, but this is his time. This was his build up. Um, he was starting off. He he, he wasn't. I feel like he came out, uh, wasn't really liked when he came out with his first project, but he came out with Lil Wayne and, and then Nicki Minaj came out with them and the Young Money, not the not the cash money, he came out with Young Money. And um, he came out with his song, his, his album, Thank Me Later, in 2010. And that, I feel like out of his catalog, you could discuss those as one of his really what got him hot. That thank you later, thank me later album, as well as the later on he came out with Take Care, and that truly changed the sound of where hip hop was going. I would accredit Drake as, I mean, he does he truly embody what hip hop is and the origins? Uh, that that can be debatable. Um, I do not believe so. Um, leaning toward this side, I, I lean farther toward him not embodying the origins of hip hop. But he, he does have, he did come in as a rapper, although he's changed the sound and has been allowed to. He, I, I feel like, is the marketable rapper if you, when it comes to who you can show to any, any, um, any race or any um, preferred, like if, if we, when you talk about people's genres and stuff like that, we all recognize Drake as that guy. And he will be accredited to the slow, the 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 slow slowing down of the songs and his melody in this and in the songs he likes to sing. He started, he changed that. He, he I would accredit him as the real, I guess the 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 creator of that aspect of music and it being allowed. He made it sound good. He would come in and out with rap and come out come in and out with some songs and some albums he did full singing albums. And and a lot of my old heads won't really agree with it, but. I feel like it, it did more. It, it changed. It changed the sound at the time, and for him to do that, I feel like no one else could have, you know. And then now, I want to move into another big hitter. When we talk about pop rap, we're going to talk about Nicki Minaj. When she came out, it was all. It was. It was. She came up with Drake, Nicki Minaj, and Lil Wayne. That was the three. You know, they came out with Young Money. There were some other artists on that um, that kind of label, if you were to say that. Um, and she came out heavy when I was coming around. I was in around uh, late in my middle school, early, early. I mean, late in, early in my middle school, late in my elementary school days. And she had came out with her song Monster, Moment for Life and Your Love in 2010. Those are some big um, some some hit songs that I, I, I could really recognize as songs that I heard 
during the 2010-2011 era when she was building as well. So it was pretty much Drake and Nicki Minaj. It was they were climbing at that time, the early 2000, 2011, 2012. They was really starting to get their traction. But Kanye came in and he was he had been running things for some time. And now I want to move on to some of the younger artists that we talk about pop rap that we would consider rappers that are, are, are have exceeded the regular rapper name and take themselves to a pop star level. We're going to talk about Travis Scott. Travis Scott is not a new, he, he's, he came out early, early 2000. I mean, uh, well, the mid 2000s of, I can't recall the exact date, but I remember hearing about Travis Scott probably around 2011, 2012, but he really didn't catch that traction until recently, actually, not recently, but in the in the past two to three years, and he and he came up with this big project, Astro World, and he just for some reason was able to break the barriers. I don't know if I would consider him a original uh, from the origins with his rap style. I feel like he's just someone that you can listen to, that you can vibe to. He he really get the party going, and. He really, and in, in, in a lot of other races, he's he's that guy, you know, and um, and that's he still still is really running things. He had recently came out. That's his busy project, biggest project he came out with, I believe, is the Astral World. The hype behind that really put him to that pop star status. He had he he had a lot of songs and before he came up with the Astral World um, album that were radio hits. He's known for radio hits. And it wasn't until they really used marketing, his marketing team really pushed him and got him to where the status he's at today. Still continuing with the pop star, um, pop rap. I'm going to go to Cardi B and Lil Uzi. These are, I'm talking about the times now who are really running stuff in, in, in pop rap. Lil Uzi came out during my when I was in middle school, I believe it was around 2000 and uh, when was his first project? 2015, 2016, I believe. That was my grad. I was I was I was going on into the high school, and he had came out with some some different type of stuff. And I want to credit Drake again. He allowed for different different artists to come in with different types of different vocal patterns, different melodies, and be able to still do their thing in a rap game. And he was one of those people, Lil Uzi, I want to um, acknowledge, as one of those people that really changed the game in rap. To better or worse, I'm not, I'm going to leave that up to the viewers, listeners, but in my opinion, he's really pivotal in the, uh, in the, in, in the, the, the times of now, you know, in pop rap. Cardi B, now we're going to talk about Cardi B. She really was uh I feel like I feel like if you were if you if I would ask anyone to come after Nikki and who would resemble her, it would be Cardi B. She came in um originally I believe she was on television. I I really didn't follow her when she got her claim to fame, but I knew she was she had been on some famous television, not some big television show at the time. I believe it was Love and Hip Hop. Um and somehow, some way she came up with her she came up with her one song. Uh, I think it was Bodak Yellow or might have been a song earlier than that. But whatever got her her traction, she really took it and, and went with it. She was, she's was she been marketed and pushed heavy, heavy by the record labels. And 
what I say she really is is what embodied the the Queen Latifah, the Roxanne Santes. I mean, you can even put Missy Elliott and Lauren Hills. And and when we talk about the rappers of our of our when we discuss females, not at all. But she found her niche, and for some some reason, not nothing against her, she really has become the the a pivotal pivotal artist in the in pop rap. She she has a huge media following online, and I feel like she really changes the test of time when it talks about um we talk about the the today's age of rapping, you know. Um, and now I want to move from the pop artist, pop rap artist in this uh, in hip hop too. I want to move to conscious. Now I I really I was really um, conflicted on who I wanted to discuss in the conscious uh, debate conversation, and I wanted to pick out two two big pivotal pivotal artists. I wanted to go off of the big names, and we're gonna go to J Cole and Kendrick Lamar. And we talk about conscious rap. For me, when I'm going up, when I'm going in through the 2010 through to 2020. The big names that show up are, are J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. They came out. I mean, well, I want to start off with J. Cole, which is out of the two my favorite um, out of the conscious rap discussion. Uh, J. Cole really, he, he came out with some previous work to come up um, in 2007 and Cold World, The Silent Story in 2011. Those weren't really what I feel like. Those projects weren't really what got him the claim to fame and his real traction. I feel like it didn't really he didn't really come on the scene and really steal everybody's hearts with his music until 2014 with Forest Hill Drive. I remember for a long time that had been the the his his go to album I would listen to. He had um, done a lot of marketing, a lot of lot of backing behind that album. And on his touring and his concerts, I remember a lot of people at the time were saying that he was the next up, and is and and he's living up to that. I would love to hear some more uh, projects from him. I understand that he is a father, but he really came in his fame 2014 with that uh, Force Hill Drive, and then he came back, boom, 2016 with For Your Eyes Only. Another goes down in history for me as one of the concert albums. He he didn't really decide to um, go the mainstream route, although he's found it now. But I feel like for him, when you discuss conscious rappers, when you ask person on the street, who do you think of as a conscious rapper? He comes up, Kendrick Lamar as well. And um, and I believe that For, I, For Your Eyes Only um, record that that album that came out was, when you talk about some of the best albums of all time, I'm I'm going to that if we're representing the younger younger generation, young rap rap artists and what their project, what project you would use and discuss as one of their greatest of all time. And now I want to move to Kendrick Lamar. Out of the two, I don't know. I mean, I started off listening to Kendrick when he came out with his uh, Good Kid Mad City album, but I mean, I don't know. Poetic Justice was really his first song I ever heard from him, and I wish he would, that sound that he came out with, I don't know. He has just never been able to replicate it. He was... When he came on the scene for me, when I was, I, I believe I was in middle school when I started 
when I first heard about him. But I mean, there was nobody really representing that conscious rap at the time and nobody was really going toward the let me not talk about how my man and, and my guy just ran up in somebody's house and shot him up and stuff like that or talking about the drug game or anything like that. They, they decided to discuss some in their raps something totally different I felt like and it and it, it gave me vibes of I, I won't say Tupac or, or Biggie or I won't he gave me some some Nazir Nazir vibes, some some naughty by nature vibes, kinda. I don't know why, but he some he, he Kendrick is a real hype guy, and I came to find that out later on in his career when he came out with some of um, his later work. But when we were talking about some of his greatest pieces and what really got him hot, I see that Good Kid, Mad City album really really cemented him in the game of conscious rap and then he i feel like he stepped away from not he stepped away from conscious rap but he really showed his range when he came out with the to pimba butterfly album and i feel like that really vast in this audience and to to who listened to him and who was willing to entertain his sound i feel like that that to pimba butterfly album really changed the game for him and his career and put him put him at a status where Okay, I'm not just this this average conscious guy that's that's I guess catching stride. I'm really I'm really that guy that really can be marketed in the game. And he um he really I believe he came out. He had came uh, initially came up. I, I was hearing about Schoolboy Q and him and his camp that um were coming around. Uh, I believe they were associated with Kendrick Lamar at the time when they were first starting out and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not sure about how Schoolboy Q is doing now and his following, but once again, back to Kendrick Lamar, he really did his thing with the Tupin Butterfly and changed the game when we talk about conscious rap and reaching the masses. I don't, I mean, when we think of our Tlaib Kualis and our, our Black Thoughts and we talk about those Common, well, I, I, I will relate, when we talk about reaching the masses, I, I, I will put Common and that's Common as a full career, but Common, he he, he had a, a kind of not a mirrored a mirrored career, but similar to, to, to the status of Kendrick and, and relating to, to, I guess, conscious rappers that really started to touch touch a lot of people in the nation and stuff like that. So those two, J. Cole and Kendrick, were the ones I wanted to bring up for the uh, 2010 to 2020 for conscious rap. I know we had some other artists, early the early, early 2010, 2011, 2012 time that came out that were, I guess, they hung on the coattails. I believe, and they were they continued on, but they didn't start off like Talib Kali. He he didn't start off and catch his real traction in 2010 or 2011 or 2012. Early those early teen years, I don't feel like he would be put in that category as those conscious rappers at the time. So we're gonna move to um, I want to save trap for last, and we're gonna go to drill music. Drill kind of associated with trap not not the, it's just the sound is different they it's not as though they're talking about too much too too far off topics and when, when we listen to drill and trap music but when i talk about drill music i really wanted to bring this uh i wanted to focus on this aspect because this is what um i don't know if this is what i was listening to really during during the time during the time span of 2010 to 2020 but i know when i was um around the years 2014 to 2016 i was really starting to hear that was what i was listening to i don't and, and some also some artists from around the area around my area but 
I want to start off with when we talk about drill music, Chief Keef. You all should have already known that I was going to bring him up as 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 the at the beginning. He really, for me, when I when I I heard when I would refer to drill music, I didn't even refer to it as drill music. I just knew Chief Keef at the time and some some other artists like Montana 300. But we're gonna get to him. So Chief Keef really came out. It was crazy. He changed the him and hit that. It was a movement. You can really discuss that as a movement. When he came out with the song I Don't Like, and we're gonna talk about how well we can we can we can touch on how the media and, and I, I can use YouTube and really social media and YouTube really came out and placed it was a platform used by these artists and, and specifically with Chief Keith. When he came on YouTube, I believe he still had put in he still and, and when you talk about some of the videos on YouTube that really when we talk about rap that have done numbers on YouTube that got to the masses that people have seen. His I don't like video was never, nobody had came out with something like that. Um, it was more, it wasn't even just a song. He had, his song wasn't that complex. I mean, he was rapping, but it was, I feel like just the image he he had, he had the image they portrayed and those the people in Chicago at the time that portrayed we would hear about what was going on in Chicago but we didn't really see what the youth looked like and he I mean if I thought of anybody from Chicago at the time it would be Chief Keith and his men that I would really think of and look at as the people that really are running the drill music scene he had came out later on in 2014 with his hit song Finito and if I were to go into the the crazy amount of songs and music that Chief Keith alone has released. I mean, we could we could spend days talking about that. There's stuff that a lot of his stuff is not clear, you know. So it's a lot of his projects and a lot of his his music that you'll hear on, say, Spinrilla. I mean, you can say SoundCloud, but really, I mean, Apple Music has got a good a good taste of how much music he's put out in the in the past. But he has a lot of in in his catalog, and for you, not everything I can say is the greatest, but you know. He, he and his movement coming out of Chicago at the time really stamped him as I feel like the the starter of that drill music um, drill music scene. And then we're gonna move on to G Herbo, G Herbo and Lil Dirt. For me, if I if I'm thinking of artists I want to listen to that kind of have that drill sound, not exactly Chief Keith sounding, but like really talking about what their struggles and what they went through at the time when they when they were coming up, I would I would think of G Herbo and Lil Durk. They at first I didn't I didn't at first like G Herbo because it sounded like he was rapping off beat, similar to a lot of other artists in the past, but his was just a little weird, you know. I would I it didn't sound right to me in my ears, but it took it took some took I guess me listening to more of what he's saying to really like kind of think of him as a, as a as a pretty 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 reputable artist. And when you talk about the drill scene, he's most definitely mentioned in that. As and and he cemented himself today as a big hitter, a heavy hitter. When you talk about the rap game and who's really here, and um, he came out with his PT. And we talk about some of his songs that are popular: PTSD, his Swervo. Song and in some of his work, I feel like maybe not may not touch the masses and be as 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 friendly to the ear, but it's really for the the inner city guy that really can really relate to what he, what he's going through in regards to what he talks about in his song stuff like that and and he still te- keeps that drill that drill sound in his music. Not every song now, but 
but majority of his music resembles that 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 type of culture. And now when we talk about Lil Dirk, he came out same way, you know, young guy. He he's been he's been in his his what do you say uh, fair share of trouble outside of the music game, but he. I mean, he's gotten serious now, and he started to come out. He came out when I was around my going into high school with This Ain't What You Want, which is a really hot song that really got him, I guess, the traction. Maybe in the city they knew about him as underground, not underground artists, but known artists during, in his own city and where he stays. But what really got him to start reaching the masses around East Coast, the South. I'm not sure about sure about what's going on in the West and stuff like that, but I'm starting to hear about Lil Dirk. This is the song I really heard about was This Is What You This Ain't What You Want. And then now I mean his his plethora of music and, and his body of work can speak for itself. I feel like he needs to get more listens. I don't know if his marketing team is has backed him as much as you you can refer to other artists and stuff like that. But he most definitely is known for that drill scene, drill music. I believe um he came out with his, and this is we're discussing recently, 2018, 2019, um, talking about who his artist he came out with. He has an artist named King Bond, who's also quite similar to him. And when I talk about drill music, they they all from uh, Chicago at the time, the same block actually. That I believe they share. They there's there's some connection with them, them and Chief Keith and stuff like that. I don't know if it's the same same set, same block they stay from, but they all are embody the real drill music sound. And I'm, those are the two artists that, if you were talking about through the 2017, 2018, 2019 scene up until now, that are really running, running stuff and and still embody that type of sound, we can most definitely utilize G-Herb on Lil Durk. Chief Keef is not going anywhere. It's just that now he, 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 if we want to accredit anyone for creating that sound, not creating that sound, but I guess pushing that sound and making it heard to the masses is something that, oh, we can actually listen to this and like this. Chief Keef is most definitely that guy. Moving on to trap, and this is going to end off my, uh, I guess, 2010 to 2020. I guess representation of the artist trap i mean there's a, a continuation from the past past um eras of uh hip-hop so you cannot you cannot act you can't despise it as much as they do but trap was really a thing where i, I mean i'm not gonna say i understand it because i didn't live through what they're going through but in regards to the, the people that really brought in trap we got of course ti you know he he was a really I mean, I remember when I was younger, I was seeing him really run things, especially, and he had he had came out earlier than the 2010, but he was still prevalent throughout my youth. He had become not a pop star, but he was a star in the rap game, really. And I wanted to also move on to, we're going to talk about the, the, the young money guy, the Mr. Young Money, Lil Wayne. Not all his music is trap, but majority, I feel like. He, if anyone would be embodied of, uh, I guess, trap music other than, like, some of our older artists. Lil Wayne at the time when he came out with Cash Money coming out with Drake, Nicki pushing them and his other artists. At the time, the type of music he was putting out was not the conscious music. It was that that trap stuff that, that he wasn't really talking about more positive stuff and I would accredit him and put him in the in the in the group of trap and I wanted to talk about how he came up with the Carter. Which one can we even talk about? I mean like we got uh, you can pick 
you came out with, you come out with now five, five of the Carters, and I wanted to pinpoint the Carter three, really, because that, um, and when we want to talk about, I mean, a kid did come out before 2010, but it was still one of those albums that really got him his legendary status. You know, it came out way, way, way earlier than the 2010s. He came out with the Hot Boys, I believe, and that's really what got him into the music with his father and stuff like that. But other than that, he he got his traction through the 2010s. Through uh, when did he? When can we say he fell off? I guess. I mean, I particularly am not the the. That's what I say. My go-to artist. I'm not gonna pick Lil Wayne, but I know people that live and die by Lil Wayne. And they, I, I, we know plenty of people that will say he, at the time, was one of the greatest during the 2010 to 2015 spurt that he had. You know, one of the greatest. They would say he one of the, was one of the greatest rappers. I disagree, but, you know, he, he, he has that legendary status. So now we're going to talk about, I uh, really, oh, let me, before I move on, Lil Wayne, I was considering putting in a pop conversation. But the reason I don't want to put him in the pop conversation is because... I'm not, yes, he has touched all all races and colors and ethnicities throughout the nation, but I didn't want to, it was really his, you can't play his song all the time. You can't play a song from Lil Wayne all the time because it's not really ear-friendly to everyone. And when I talk about pop, you can play a Drake song at any time. You can play a Kanye song, an even Nas song. Cardi B, we're moving toward uh, a little farther. I mean, they're catchy, but you can't still play a song from her or Luzi or Travis Scott. But, you know, I was I was questioning if I should put Lil Wayne in that conversation as the pop star, pop rap artist, but I didn't because he he's still part of that trap. Future is another artist that was considering putting in the pop rap kind of category, but I didn't. Reason being, he is a trap artist. I mean, he sang... He, that's what he talks about. He came out with his DS2 album as one of his his greatest pieces of work, commonly known and commonly uh, said to be his greatest, some of his greatest work. But I mean, Future, he talked about drugs throughout his whole career. You know, that's his thing. He came out codeine crazy. Like, I mean, that was a song literally about codeine. He talks about perks and stuff like that. But but Future really, really was big during my development development around the 2000 i'm not sure uh when i think about it if i heard about him in 2013 but when i i, I really started hearing about him i heard about him actually do outside stuff about outside stuff he was doing outside of the rap game but i mean he came out with his dirty sprite in 2011 which was i mean the old old future fans would say yeah that's one of his, well i mean that that's old future play that any day of the week but I mean, he really didn't get his traction until I think that DS2 album, you know, and then he, he throughout the throughout the teens, 2011, 12, 13, and 14 years, he came out with his honest album in 2014, which is which is a, a pretty pretty noteworthy album. But I mean, his earlier works were questionable to me, you know, but he really got his his claim to fame once he. He reached that he he reached that I guess pop star status, but not pop star status. And he came out with the Future album in 2017, and he came out with the Hendrix album in that same year. So that was pretty crazy. He also came out with his Beast Mode 2 album, 
not sure. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I didn't really recall that album throughout my development. But, I mean, it was really his radio hits that really got me put on a future. I mean, I can recall some of his hits from when I was in 2013, 2014, stuff like that. Which, who, I, who did I hear on the radio? 92.3 around my area, 93.9 around my area. It was future. You know, he had a lot of radio hits. Was not the most lyrical, but he's you play a song from Future, it's everybody knows that hit and everybody can really vibe with that song, you know. Had to put Future on there. We're gonna move to Meek Mill. He stands because of time. He's been around for a minute. Him and his Dream Chaser group, they've been around for some time, I feel like. And Meek, he came out when I first heard about Meek, I did not really like him that much. He was really rowdy, very loud, hard to listen to for me because he was an inner city guy, you know. Um, but he, when I talk about, when, I, when I'm thinking about guys, inner city rappers that really remind me of kind of that battle rap that I'm a, I'm a spit bar to bar with you. Back in the day artist, he, he, he reminds me of, I guess, his sound and how he actually was was coming out with 16 bars, 32 bars, and he would go in. So he, he really, I guess, reminded me initially when he first came out of some of the some of the more some of our origins of rapping and, and coming up with lyrics and I'm a city here and actually rap to you. When in this in today's day and age a lot of artists have strayed away. So Meek Mill, I mean, came out with one of the most noteworthy songs, Dream Dreams and Nightmares, I mean you can play you can play that song and you will have heard that song somehow some way and then some people know that song by heart by heart if anything else they know that song you know dreams dreams and nightmares was a really really pivotal song in the, in the uh in my upbringing and stuff like that um meek mill he 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 came out you know he was with his he was with Rick Ross and Wale at one time when they were doing their thing during the 2000 and, and I believe two, early two, not early 2010s, it was probably like 2013, 2014, 2015 when they were doing their thing. I know they had their little entourage. Um, was not the most appealing to the ear for me in regards to, if we talking about hotness, he really didn't get, he, for me, he really didn't get his, his until he broke off from his Rick, that M, uh, what was it, MMG, I guess group they had he didn't really get his until he got his real independence is when he I feel like he made more boss moves and really really cemented himself as more than just that that MMG guy that that rowdy that I'm a, I'm a spit to you guy and he really moved to turning himself into a, I guess they they referred to him as lyrical in today's age but I, I still don't see it. But Meek Mill, you have to mention him when we, when we discuss today and, and the trap scene. And he wasn't really, he, he's going to talk to you about some, some inner city stuff. He's going to talk to you talk to you about his youth, his upbringing, the stuff he's seen, you know, and the hardship he's had to go, go through. Not necessarily him talking about using drugs like Future may have. Although Future, like it or not, was actually not. That crazy drug user, but me, I mean, he talked about the hard times and the struggling he had to go throughout Philly, you know, that's really what he, what he discussed in his music. I want to end it off with Migos with the trap, trap rap scene, I guess. I just wanted to touch on the, the, the big names, 
when we talk about the certain genres throughout the 2010 to 2020 um, time span. And Migos, I cannot forget. And we represent the South. When we talk about who represented the South early, early on in the 2000 and to the early on in 2012, 2013 time, 2014 time, 2015. Well, that's when they got their tracks, but we got to discuss Migos when they came out with that Anna Montana song. That's the first song I really heard from them. Um, that and then and when I when I play that song, I, I get nostalgic because it was so long ago since I had heard that. And they were and from where they are now to where they were back then. I mean, I never expected it. I thought they were going to be another group like Travis Porter and them. But they came out with that Hannah Montana song, really got, got that traction, you know, and then even was co-signed by Drake. Forgot to mention Drake and me beef. That would be another conversation. But, you know, they, they, he, they got on, Drake got on that song and really put them on the map. Boom, it's Migos. Drake just, Drake just featured, was featured on a song. Okay, we going somewhere. And they came out with... Youngers Nation, you know, that project, and that took off, you know, they took off, that was 2015 when they came out with that, anything really before, before, like the No Label 2 stuff, and then the Streets on Lock, that's, that, that was not what was really, those hits off, those, those, those star, those hit songs of those projects were not really what were being played on the radio. It wasn't until they came out with that Youngers Nation, they had also, at the time, it was, when we talk about southern southern trap and stuff like that at the time, um, 2015, 2014, 2016, we talk about we gotta talk about Young Thug. He came out during that time as well as um, Rich Homie Quan. But that's another conversation. The rap that we, if you really want to talk about that, we can talk about that. Um, the trap conversation another time. But had to shine a light on them. But Migos really for. I can say since 2015 up until 2018, maybe early 2019, they really, that was them. Those were their years. They had started off with Young Rich Nation, and they came out with the Culture album, which changed the game, really. I mean, you didn't really hear anything that was like that. And I feel like also you got to credit them for still being able to stay as a um, trio. You know, not a lot of people can do it. And they found a niche, you know. They make very catchy songs, and they, they've been on the scene for some time now. I've been running the game. It came out with Culture 2 in 2018, which was just, they, they really changed the sound. And when we talk about, I do want to shine light on the mumble rap and the inaudible sounding rap that we hear today. I will have to credit them with that. Well, I'm thinking of the artists that I discussed. I mean, I can't really pick anybody from the conscious rap that, that, that really embody that mumble rap, nor can I, I mean, the only person off of the pop rap um, list I, I made that that kind of had their mumble rap song or two, maybe a little oozier or Travis Scott, but if I want to talk about mumble rap, I feel like, you know, Migos and their inaudible stuff sometimes, their ad-libs, they made big, heavy things like that, the ad-lib game really Really, I feel like the, the ablets we hear today came from them in the sense where they're just noises and very catchy, very, and I feel like there's an art behind it. I mean, a, a science behind it, what they do to make their songs so, so catchy and so um, appealing to the masses. And when we talk about the masses, we're talking about the masses that are listening to this trap music. 
So had to give credit to the Migos. And I'm gonna conclude with my little my little 2010 to the 2020 uh, duration. You know, I spoke about a few few of the little pillars. I missed up. I missed. I could have gone way more in depth, but you know, for the time's sake, I feel like that cleared everything. Hey, well, I really appreciate it. And uh, gentlemen, I like to say I think everybody did a great job. This was super important to this platform. Try to set the stage for where we planned on going with this platform as far as the conversation. We really want to be able to bridge all the way from the pioneers to the current era so that we can build from that point on. Just being able to sit here and listen to each person give their information was groundbreaking for me. And I hope that everybody was able to learn something. And we hope that the audience was able to learn something. We look forward to you questions and your comments. You can email us at underagroovenetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's underagroovenetwork at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram. And we appreciate everybody listening and we hope to uh, see you soon. Peace.